Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. They have a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary audit. And again, I know I've said this before, I am using this service and I have seen my five-star reviews on Google go up with real reviews from real patients. Um, And uh, my ranking in Google search, I'm now on the first page. I'm getting more calls. I'm booking more patients. So, I mean, it works. That's all I'm saying is it definitely works. Okay, on to today's episode. So in honor of it being Cybersecurity Month, I am really happy to have two experts on today to talk about the importance of cybersecurity, especially in small businesses. So today we've got the managing partner of XPAN Law Partners, Rebecca Rakoski, and senior account manager at Contango IT, Shelly Perkudani, to talk about cybersecurity, especially for small businesses. They talk about pri- business privacy and security practices, cost-effective steps you can take to protect your business, and the importance of cybersecurity insurance. And, of course, the big question, why do small businesses have to worry about cybersecurity? You hear about all these big businesses getting hit, so why do small businesses need to worry about it? We'll also hear about ransomware attacks, how to react to them, data privacy laws, and how they impact your business, and the value of hiring lawyers, all on today's episode of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast. So big thanks to Shelly and to Rebecca for coming on the program. And everyone, this is a really, really important topic. So uh, please enjoy and take their advice. Hello, Rebecca and Shelly. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to have you on to talk all about cybersecurity. So welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. And so this cybersecurity, this for me as a small business owner is brand new to me. Um, Although it probably shouldn't be, but it is, but that's why we're talking about it today. But before we get into it, can you guys give a little bit more detail about yourself and what you do so that the listeners understand why I'm talking to you guys today? So um, I, uh, Rebecca Rakoski, I'm a co-founder and managing partner of XPAN Law Partners. We're a boutique cybersecurity and domestic and international data privacy law firm, which is a really fancy way of saying we help organizations with their cybersecurity and data privacy needs, right? Um, I have been a practicing attorney for almost four years. Uh, I hate to admit that sometimes. I'm like, I'm, I'm dating myself. Um, but what's great is we really help businesses, small startups, all the way to big multinational corporations, because 
right now businesses are, it, it's, it's really a brave new world that we're facing today. Um, and businesses are getting attacked literally from all different sides. And so uh, we started XPAN to really help businesses understand what their legal obligations are and what their legal liabilities are. And um, I tell my clients, my job is to avoid those problems for you or do my best or put you in the best position to address them if and when it becomes an issue. So that's what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Shelly, how about you? Um, yes, my name is Shelly Percadani. I am an account manager with Contango IT, and we help businesses and, orga and, and organizations, if I could speak, <laughs> We help them manage their day-to-day -day IT to help build a strong security posture. We also help them with cybersecurity. We have 45 people strictly in cybersecurity. We have 25 penetration testers, eight ethical hackers. So we have a strong, you know, posture to help businesses build a posture so that they be a I wouldn't say that they're not going to be attacked, but they are prepared for anything that could happen. And so we help them with that. Got it. Well, thank you both for being here to talk about this because we are seeing more and more things in the news lately about uh, ransomware and cyber attacks. And so oftentimes we think of that as only happening to the big businesses, right? So why should small businesses, which a lot of listeners that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs, they're small business owners, why should we have to worry about this? So, uh, you know, from a legal perspective, obviously anybody who's ever come into contact with the legal system knows it's not just for large businesses. So, uh, from a legal perspective, you're going to be subjected to uh, liability from your people who are, whose information you're collecting, we call them data subjects. Um, you can, uh, you're going to have contractual obligations with your vendors and third parties that you use and share data with. So put that, and then just put that aside for a moment. Then you also have small businesses have a reputation. And in the small business community, I am myself a small business. I'm a small law firm, a boutique law firm. And, you know, your reputation is everything. And so part of your reputation nowadays is how you're handling security and privacy. What are you doing with data? Um, and so it's really important for small businesses to realize it's not just the big guys. We hear about them in the news, the, the colonial pipelines and the JPS foods and the Equifaxes of the world. What you don't know is that every single day, law firms like mine are getting a call from small businesses going, help. We just clicked on a bad link. We just got ransomware. What do we do? And that happens all the time. It really, you hear about the big guys, but it's the little guys that are really, um, you know, bearing the brunt of it, I think. Shall yeah, we? no, I would agree. And what we all have in common between the small businesses and the large businesses is we're all human. Mm -hmm. And like Rebecca said, it's human error. Somebody clicked on an email and they didn't know, you know, they weren't trained hey, this is a spoofing and phishing email. This is what they look like. This is what you need to look for. And so that's where we come in. And it's, we're all human and we all make mistakes. It's just knowing like, you know, you, this is what you look out for. Got it. And, and so what are some of the issues facing businesses today when it comes to cybersecurity? 
Um, well, I think ransomware is obviously one of the biggest um, issues, right? And for your listeners who don't know what ransomware is, it is um, uh, what happens is somebody clicks on a bad link, downloads a bad, you know, attachment to a file, um, and the ransomware is uh, downloaded into the system. Depending on how sophisticated the hackers are, they can either deploy it immediately, which means your system starts to, they start to encrypt your files, or it can be that they sit in there and wait for, oh, I don't know, the most inopportune moment that your business has, and then they deploy the ransomware. Um, I've had clients where they deploy ransomware, or they first delete backups before they deploy the ransomware to really add insult to injury there. So, um, but so that's one of the big things. And then the, your entire system gets encrypted and you can't unencrypt it without the encryption key, which you then have to pay for hence the ransom part of it. Um, and, you know, we hear about the big ransoms again, the 4.4 million from Colonial, the 11 million from JBS. But, you know, um, I was speaking with a colleague the other day and uh, a law firm got ransomware for $50,000. Now that's a lot to a small business. It's a, it's a lot to any business, but they try to make it it's almost like it's commensurate with what they think that they can afford and pay and so that they'll pay because they want you to pay the ransom. So that's, I think, I, I think that's probably the number one. I would say so too. And then you, now you're on their list because you paid. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> now, wow, they paid. So now you're on a list of this hacker of like, well, you know, it was easy to get in before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's see how we can get in again. Right. Oh my and goodness. And, and, you know, Rebecca's right. And that's where, you know, also patching and monitoring your systems, having a good, strong IT posture is important because they see that stuff. They see little inklings of, oh, wow, something's going on here. Somebody's trying to get in, you know, so they can see that. And, you know, you're only as good as your last backup. Mm -hmm. And where is your backup being stored? And, you know, is that in a secure location? Because if not, guess what? It doesn't matter yes. because your information is gone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That makes so much more sense now. Even just explaining what ransomware is, I didn't realize. So they hold the en encryption key ransom and that's what you're paying for. Correct. You, in order to get your data back, you have to pay to get the encryption key. And people think, well, okay, so I'll pay the ransom and I'll get the encryption. Key. I'll get the encryption key, and it's like, like magic. You get yeah. And you do to some extent, although there used to be honor among thieves. It's not always the case anymore. No. Um, but the other thing is to keep in mind, encryption is not perfect, so you're not going to get it back exactly the way it was before. Um, and a lot of laws have been changed now, so the fact that you were ransomware, it is in and of itself a reportable event mm -hmm. for a data breach. So that's another aspect to it. I mean, we're talking more about the technical aspects of the ransomware, but this is the other part where, you know, I always say like ransomware is like three explosions. The first one, oh my God, my computer has exploded. Yeah, my computer is frozen. <laughs> what do I do? And then the second one, which is how are we going to, you know, get back up and running? And then the third is really the legal liability that flows from it. And well, obviously we get too, called in into different yeah. places, but. Also too, I mean, Rebecca, are you finding that now too? They're not only holding it, they're selling the data. Yeah. So they have stole your data, copied it. They're giving you back access to it, but now they're going to sell it. Yes. 
So it's it's compounding. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's, it, there's a lot to it. And okay. at that point too, now you've got to tell your clients, "Hey, I've been hacked." And that's where that whole reputation part comes in. You know, where you're. You know, these are people who are entrusting information to you, data. Um, you know, I mean, as a law firm, we obviously hold our clients' data. Um, but you know, if you're a business, you could be holding personal information of your clients and, and business partners. You could be holding sensitive data on your employees or social security, financial information, information about their beneficiaries, which could be kids and things like that. So it really is a, a problem that just expands exponentially. It's a rabbit hole, I guess, that there's no end to. <laughs> you're falling down that rabbit hole for a while. You're like Alice yes. in Wonderland. <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh. Well, now you mentioned, um, uh, Rebecca about laws and does that, uh, could you talk a little bit more about like certain data privacy laws and how that works? And if you're a small business, what does that mean? Sure. So different, so there are two sets of laws that you need to really be, businesses need to be concerned about, right? So one of them are your, your data breach notification laws which won't really be triggered unless and until there is a data breach. There are 50 states. There are 50 different laws. It's super fun for businesses who have to deal with it. Then you have data privacy laws. And because nobody can seem to get their act together to, to come up with a federal law, we are stuck with, again, a patchwork of laws. So um, different states have passed different laws. Um, and that is in and around a data subject's rights about the data that's being collected about from them. So for example, California has a law, Virginia passed a law, um, Colorado passed a law recently. I know there's a proposed one in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Texas. Um, so uh, you name the state and it's probably considering Washington state has tried to made several passes at a data privacy law. Um, and what's interesting about these privacy laws is it, they're usually um, there's usually a threshold, so sometimes small businesses won't meet that threshold, but you need to understand that. And it's all about the data that you're collecting. So the data that you're collecting is going to trigger or not trigger requirements under some of these laws. That same data is the attractive nuisance, if you will, to the hacker. They want to they want at it. So, you know, when I, I always say you can't have privacy without security. So they really do go hand in glove. What would be like an, if you know this off the top of your head, but an example of a data privacy law from one of those states that has them on the books, like what would be an example? So California has the California um, Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA, which was amended in November uh, when the uh, Good Citizens of California um, uh, had a ballot initiative to pass the California Privacy Rights Act or the CPRA. Um, and those types, of, so in and around that, you have different rights, the right to deletion, the right to correction, the right to erasure, the right, you know, the, the right to be forgotten is what's commonly known as, um, or just some of the rights that you're entitled to. And so businesses that fall under the, uh, or within the purview of the CCPA, uh, which is in effect right now, the CPRA, which will go into effect in 2023. Um, and so it, it you're a data subject and the business is, is under those laws, you can, you know, say to them, hey, I want to know what you're doing with my data. Hey, I need you to correct or delete my data. Um, and the business has a set 
uh, statutory period of time to respond to that data subject access request. Um, it's about transparency. So anybody who saw all those um, updated privacy policies online, that's all driven by uh, privacy laws. There's one in Europe called the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. Um, and it really is in and around transparency in data collection, storage, sharing practices. So that's, um, I could go much deeper, but I don't want to put anyone to sleep as I talk about laws. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's really helpful just so that people get an idea of like, well, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're a small business owner, you've got a million other things on your plate because you probably don't have a dedicated IT department. You don't have a dedicated cybersecurity department. Oftentimes you're a solopreneur or maybe you have less than 10 employees, you know, so all of a sudden, all of this stuff has to come on to somebody. So I think just getting an awareness out there that it exists Mm -hmm. is really important so that you can maybe look it up in your own individual state. Yeah. And, and one thing I would say, and I know that this is a problem amongst um, entrepreneurs and, and startup in, within the startup community is that they think, well, we can do this ourselves. We can like cut and paste a privacy policy online from somebody, Shelly's laughing at me over here. Um, but, you know, the purpose of these laws is to provide information about what that business is doing with data. So if you're borrowing it from somebody else, you could be in trouble twice because you're now you're not accurately reflecting what your laws are, what you're doing with the data. And you've basically taken this information and maybe obligating yourself under other laws and regulations. So for people who are listening, I, I know nobody likes talking to lawyers. I, I swear we're not that bad. Um, but hiring a dedicated privacy or security attorney who understands this is really important because you don't want to, you know, have an oh no moment on top of an oh no moment when you're, you know. Exactly. You definitely, what Rebecca's saying is absolutely correct. There are people that do that. They try to manipulate it and do it themselves. What they don't realize is once you're hacked, it's not just, oh no, they've got my information, now I have to pay this ransomware, but guess what, uh-oh, if you weren't following those privacy acts, you're also gonna get fined on that, that end too. So you definitely don't wanna be fudging any kind of information, you definitely want transparency. Yeah, so hire a lawyer. I'm a big fan of lawyers, I hire lawyers <laughs> for, for everything, cause I don't, I'm not a lawyer, I don't know how to do any of it, and I wanna make sure that I am protected. So I 100% get it. Now, what, so we're talking about the pitfalls of what could happen if you have a breach or issues facing businesses. So what can businesses do to help with cybersecurity? What are some things we can have in place to give us some protection and peace of mind? And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Well, I would like to answer that. This is Shelly. Um, some of the, there are four simple and very effective basics 
that you could do as a business owner. And they're very cost effective. In fact, you know, you already have some of them in hand as far as like Microsoft, Office 365, all you have to do is enable your multiple factor authentication. That's a huge one. It's like leaving your light on in your house if you're going out to dinner. They're going to move on to the next house because you have that layer of protection. And then, you know, security awareness training, educating your employees, educating yourself on what a spoofing and phishing email looks like. You know, it's huge that, that you know, it, it, it makes them aware. And it also, you know, it, it shows your employees that you're protecting them, you're protecting your clients, you know, it, it shows stability. And then also, you know, monitoring and patching your systems, you know, making sure that someone has an eye on what's going on. I'm looking for those little ticks that someone may be trying to get into your system. Because a lot of people that even have websites, you can tell by, is your website going slower? That's usually a sign that someone might be trying to hack into your system. You know, so it's, it's little things like that. And then also, you know, software and hardware encryption. That's a huge one. A lot of people, I know we have all our devices. It's our fingerprint, our face that opens it. But if your hardware is not encrypted, they could just steal your laptop, pull out the hard drive, plug it in somewhere else. And guess what? The data is theirs. And it's just these simple things that um, can help a business. Yeah. So, so to recap the multiple factor identification that I get, and I do security awareness training, what, what do these emails look like? What not to click on monitoring and patching systems. So when you say patching systems, what exactly does that mean? Well, that's where someone is patching in and they're, you know, they're making sure that your system is secure and it's going somewhere. It's in the secure, like firewall, everything like that. So that is exactly they, they basically there there are systems like so for example the Equifax data breach was uh, a vulnerability in um, an Apache Struts operating system, and when they found this vulnerability it was it was a, a problem. People write code, people make mistakes. You need to fix it. Once they discovered the problem, they they went and they were like, oh, you need to apply this patch. It basically fixes the code. Well, if you don't apply the patch, if you don't have somebody who can help you do that, you're yep. you're leaving your back door open. Or even, yeah, or even like software, like mm -hmm. it, it, it needs to be updated. So they're patching it, updating. They're constantly monitoring, updating any software. So like, have you ever had where your phone doesn't work and it's because you haven't upgraded your system? Well, that's kind of like it is for monitoring and patching. They make sure that it's everything is up to date. Everything is to code. Right, because if you're not patching and updating, like Shelly said, you can actually um, leave a hole. Yeah, and they're, they're not, the, it's a lot easier for them to get in because you're not, that system isn't being supported anymore mm -hmm. by the Microsofts or the Googles because they've moved on. You got to move on with them. Otherwise, yes. you're going to have a problem. Got it. Got it. Okay, oh, that makes a lot more sense. They could do that themselves. Like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. But as they're growing their business, they don't have time to focus on that. And that's how little cracks. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And number four was making sure that your software and your hardware was encrypted. Correct. And does that, I mean, this might be a stupid question, but doesn't it come that way? <laughs> no, that's not a stupid question. That is okay. not a stupid question. I mean, a lot of us think that because, you know, 
I mean, we're on a computer right now that if I shut it and locked it, I opened it again, I could put my finger on it, it would open it, I wouldn't have to type my password in. But if my hard drive wasn't encrypted, didn't have that same protection on it, where someone could steal it and then just pull out the hard drive, because these people are very talented, plug in the hard drive. So you need to make sure that your hard drive has that same protection with your fingerprint, a code that, you know, that it, they would have to, if they wouldn't plug it in somewhere else, they're going to have to know that code because it's not going to work. Keep in mind too, that encryption, like what Shelly's talking about is in most jurisdictions, if, if you have an encrypted hard drive, if even if they get it, they can't access it, it's not a data breach. So I like to say encryption is your get out of jail free card in most jurisdictions, okay? Uh, there are 50 of them. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot, but in most of them, that's your get out of jail free card. So it's one of the biggest, that multi-factor, I guess, are probably two of the biggest bang for your bucks there. They are. They and are. how do you know if your software and hardware is, in, is encrypted? Again, perhaps another silly question, but I just don't know. So um, first of all, you'd, I would hire... I don't encrypt my own hard drive. I know a lot about technology, but I, you know, I don't go to my dentist for brain surgery either. So <laughs> uh -huh. I have professionals who are IT professionals like Shelly's company. And I say, here, encrypt my hard drive and they, they take care of it for you. So um, having, it's really important. IT, yeah. IT. And, and does that literally mean you hand your computer over to someone and say, encrypt my hard drive? Not necessarily. No, no. no. Okay. Times, no, no, no. A lot of times what, you know, like our techs can do, they can come in, they can work in remotely and, and, you know, just like when they kind of, when we monitor and patch, they do it remotely. You know, it, you don't even know what's going on. It's just, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't interrupt your day. It shouldn't interrupt your workflow. It should be seamless. And usually, you know, it's something that, you know, our techs are very, you know, highly educated. I love techs. I always think, oh my gosh, what they do is so cool because they can just, they can fix everything and they just go in and they're, they're magicians. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's how it should be. You, I mean, a lot of times, and this is true too, I think Rebecca, a lot of rules now are making sure that you actually have a credible IT team. Because if you don't, you can now get fined. For yeah, there are different laws where you can, if you're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing, if you're not monitoring, if you don't have your asset, you know, management, those kinds of things. I mean, one of the classic examples of that is is HIPAA. Now they don't say you have to have an IT team, but they do say <laughs> you have to encrypt your heart, you know, encryption, or they say you should, or they say you have to monitor your devices. And let's face facts. Do you want to be, I don't want to be monitoring my devices. I want my IT guys to, or, or gals uh, to be monitoring my devices. I want to be practicing law. So that's the beauty of it is that it's, it, Shelly said, it's running seamlessly in the background and you're doing what you should be doing, which is running your business. Got it. All right. Now let's move on to, so let's say you have all of this in place. You, you've done your basics for cybersecurity. Um, do you have to have, cyber security insurance or can you just say, well, I did all this. So what do I need the insurance for? No, that's like driving around without your seatbelt on. Like, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I frequently wanted to ram the car in front of me, but I don't, I don't do that. Um, 
So cyber insurance, when I, I will tell you this, as when, when I started my own law firm, the first thing I bought was malpractice insurance, because you have to have it. The second thing I bought was cyber liability, a separate standalone cyber liability policy. Um, they are getting more expensive, but for a small business, depending on the data you're collecting, they can be very reasonable. Um, but I sleep at night because I know that if something goes horribly wrong, it's there. All of the things you're doing, me, that all the good cyber practices that Shelly and I have been talking about, that just means they're going to cover you when the, the, when the stuff hits the fan. Um, because if you're not doing all of that, you probably told, they, they've sent you a questionnaire with your cyber liability policy and you filled it out and you're like, oh yeah, I have multi-factor authentication. Oh sure, I, I encrypt my hard drive. If you lie to them, they don't cover you. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing all these good cyber practices and you have insurance, it's, you know, the, every single one of my clients, first thing I ask, where's your data? What is it doing? Where's your cyber liability policy? Those are the, those are the big three. Yeah. Okay. It, to help you too because how are you going to get that money back right how do you get that money back how do you recoup your business i mean fifty thousand dollars is a lot oh, oh yeah and you know you're a small business and yeah you you could take a hit you could take a loan but wouldn't it be better if somebody covered it for you it's kind of like you you get in a car accident you know you would like that rental car where your car is getting fixed yep. you would like to get a new car that new car smell again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah cyber liability insurance is absolutely critical for a small business every uh, and this statistic might be a little bit old but i would pull it out anyway for just as an example 60 percent of small businesses will go out of business within six months of a data breach without liability insurance so that's, and I, I know that statistic has gone up. It's a, it's a little stale, but um, I, I think that's about a year old. And every year they put out new stats. I just haven't, yeah. <laughs> I haven't brushed up on my statistics today. But well, that is you know. true because as many business owners as I talk to and everything, you would not believe how many of them have had friends that had successful businesses and everything was going great. And they got hacked. And they just couldn't recoup the money that they, and, they and it breaks my heart because yeah. they never thought it would happen to them because they weren't trading money. They weren't doing anything like that. It was just common goods like e-commerce that they were just like, yeah. and then something happened. I mean, I get a call at least once a week from a crying business person, literally tears. Um, I don't know what am I going to do. I had a little bit of a pot, something that's like a rider on my, my, uh, general liability policy but now it's run out because it runs out like that it's so quick and they're like now what do i do i don't i don't have an answer for them they're gonna have to you know they have to pay for it out of pocket and a lot of them can't it, it is really heartbreaking yeah oh my goodness well so you know we talked about some issues facing businesses today uh, basics for cybersecurity, the need for cybersecurity liability, which I am in the process of getting after speaking with Shelly a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'm there, I'm doing it, I'm in. Um, you don't have to, I, you don't have to tell me twice when it comes to important insurances, I will get it. So is there anything else that you guys wanted to let the listeners know when it comes to cybersecurity for their businesses? Um, I think the first thing that businesses need to do is take a proactive posture. So doing the technical things that Shelly's talking about, shoring up some of their legal obligations, like I'm talking about with 
you know, appropriate privacy policies, contract language, and things like that. Um, the other thing is they have to also be aware of their vendors, which I think is another big issue facing um, uh, organizations. If you look at data breaches, you know, if it's not caused by an employee in the company, it's caused by an employee at one of their vendors. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a big issue. And so uh, I would say that for all small businesses, all of the technical aspects, and then make sure you're, you're legal, um, you put yourself in a legally defensible position. Because unfortunately, these things are going to happen. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you not just survive, but you thrive after, after an event like this. Yeah, and I, and I agree with Rebecca. Those are the, the key things that you need to do as a business owner. But it's also helping yourself to educate. Mm -hmm. Being, growing your business, and I know at times it can be scary because you're like, oh my goodness, I got to talk to a lawyer, that's more money, oh, I got to have someone, you know, an outsourced IT person when I've had my cousin, and he knows computers, he knows everything, <laughs> you know, everything's been going, but if you're looking to move your business to that next level and you're looking to flourish, you really just like anything else, you need to make sure you understand and you're doing what is required of you to do to help your business flourish. Got it. Well, this was great. I mean, hopefully people listening to this, it will set a match under them to get them to really take a look at this in their business. Because like you said, when you're a small business owner, you've got a million things going on, but this is super important. And I think something that people really need to focus on. So I thank you for bringing this topic to me, Shelly, and for bringing Rebecca on, because I think this is really great. And I do hope that all of the listeners out there will now start to take a better look at their businesses and are they protected? Do they have the right things in place? So thank you. Thank you. Now, where can people find you if they have questions, if God forbid they have a breach and they need a lawyer or they need someone to help do an IT uh, assessment of their business? So where can people find you? So um, I obviously have a website, uh, expandlawpartners.com. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Please connect. You can connect, connect with me personally um, and my business. We put out for small businesses out there who have a lot of questions. We are constantly pushing out different topics, raising issues, bringing attention to different ones. So uh, please uh, expand law partners, connect with us, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll provide you with some of that uh information that Shelly was talking about. <laughs> Excellent. And Shelly, go ahead. Yes, you can reach me at contangoit.com is our website. Uh, you can also link in with me. You know, I love to meet new people and I always like to offer any kind of advice or second opinions I can help with. If I, if there's anyone I can point you into the direction to, you know, help your business, I, I would love to do that. Excellent. And Shelly is a great super connector for sure. Um, so definitely reach out to them. Now, ladies, one last question. And I ask everyone, this is knowing where you are now in your life and your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, see, somebody asked me this, so I'm going to have to steal from my prior answer was start my law firm earlier. I wish I had done it earlier. I cherish the time I spent at a large law firm, but I love what I do now. And I love helping businesses. So this, I would do it earlier. It's amazing. I would become an ethical hacker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
I want to change my answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. I love it. I love it. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing all this vitally important information. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us pleasure. And everyone, thank you for listening. Reach out to these ladies if you are a small business because you may need some cyber help. Uh, Thank you for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. And a big thank you to Shelly and Rebecca. What a great episode. Super informative. And of course, thank you to our sponsor, NetHealth. So again, If you want to boost your clinic's online visibility, reputation, referrals, and five-star reviews on Google, head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit today. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.